Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're here with Janet Connors during the inaugural Restorative Justice Summit and Conference here at the Harvard Graduate School of Education. Janet, you were the keynote speaker today. Welcome to Harvard. Thank you very much. It was my honor and privilege to be here. Now, you just gave the keynote speech but a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what was? What is the message of restorative justice? What is restorative justice for maybe someone who's never heard of it? And then what is your different perspective on it? Well, restorative justice is about bringing people together. It, when something goes awry in some way, Restorative justice believes that everybody in the community has some value, so even those who caused harm. So it believes in bringing people together to restore a harmony, to restore a balance. It doesn't mean that things are necessarily going to be the way they were before. Um, You know, if you have an old cabinet and, and you restore it. It's not the same as it was before, but it's still good. Um, And so restorative justice means that every person in the community has value, that everyone has a voice to hear. It's about creating understanding and empathy. And then in restorative practices, when particularly in a situation when harm has been done, instead of asking what happened, who's to blame, and what's the punishment going to be, We would ask what happened, what were you thinking and feeling at the time, and since then, who do you think was impacted and how? What is your responsibility? If you were the person who caused harm, what is your responsibility? And what do you need to to make it right? And the person who was the receiver of the harm would would also put forward their version of what happened and what was going on for them at the time, how they were impacted. Um, and, And they would ask that, the person to make some agreements to, to, they would say what they need to make it right. So it's about meeting the needs and the obligations of people. So as an advocate of this philosophy, where, where do you see restorative justice actually used in practice on, on a day-to-day basis? Uh, what does an advocate of restorative justice do in, in the community? Um, I see restorative justice everywhere I go. I say, oh, there's a good place for a restorative circle. Um, there's a good place for for a, uh, to resolve a conflict in a restorative way. Um, I work with survivors of homicide victims. I am a, a surviving mother myself. So we often use um, restorative justice and restorative circles to help families and young people, friends, um, process grief and loss, um, explore feelings of revenge, um, you know, make, make commitments to keep the peace, um, We use it to help families prepare for court, to debrief after court. We use it to help them honor and celebrate the the loved one that they're lost. When you say it, what is the it that you, the the general philosophy, is there a sort of history of it? Is there a handbook? Is there a manifesto, (laughs) a a book, or, you know, is it? There are many, many books and publications. There are some easy little books, and they are indeed called the little books of. Um, So there's a little book of circles that, is by Kate Pranis, um, who's a leader in, in circles. And there's a little book of, of restorative justice that's by Howard Zare. 
Um, and there's actually a little book of restorative discipline, and I don't remember who the authors of those are, but all of those books are available through the Living Justice Press in St. Paul, Minneapolis. When you talk about restorative circles, what is the, the sort of philosophy behind that? Uh, is there something unique happening when you do meet in a circle? If you're just walking around upstairs, everyone was talking during this conference in a circle. Mm-hmm. Well, a circle is more than just arranging the furniture in a circle. Um, but being in circle without a table in front of you, all of that, it creates an opening. Um, and, and you use a talking piece, and the talking piece is really the great equalizer because it gives everybody a chance to share and, and, and a chance to have their voice be heard. Um, and so circles can, circles are, I like to say that circles are simple. Um, extremely flexible, which is why I see, the, see them, how they can be used everywhere I go. And they're deeply meaningful. There's something about a circle that opens up, um, that opens people up in a deeper way and so that they share in a deeper way. And, and circles really um, love the power of storytelling. Um, and, and people, you know, I think it was Margaret Wheatley who said you, you can't hate somebody whose story you know. Um, and so when, 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 when we hear each other's stories, then, then we, we get to know each other in a different way. So, um, and we do use circles as well in schools too, which is really kind of why we came here today, was around using circles in school to, to help dismantle the school to prison pipeline. Um, and we can't keep suspending kids. So restorative practices, which is the it, restorative practices, um, uh, we can't, they follow a philosophy that says we can't throw people away. We can't keep throwing people away. If someone is indeed having a difficult time, keeping with the norms of whatever community or school they're in, then we need to help them figure out why. Um, and, and we need to hold them with both support and accountability. So it's that balance that makes it restorative. So tell me who's working on sharing the restorative justice justice message. Is this, this is a national movement. Did it start anywhere in particular? And how is it growing? How is it spreading? And uh, what is the best way to get more information about it? I'm not sure how it all started. I do know that it started that they are indigenous practices. Um, so and where it actually started, you know, coming up in, in more mainstream cultures, I'm not really sure. For me, it was. Um, from my own experience when my son was killed and not feeling like I got justice in the criminal justice system. Um, in Boston here, there are, I mean, there's lots of, if you, if you type in restorative justice on Google, you're gonna get a whole plethora of materials. In Boston here, we have the Center for Restorative Justice at Suffolk University. We also have an organization called Just Circles. Um, and through those two organizations, um, I work both, both holding and keeping circles in schools and communities, but also training others to do so. It seems like the outcome of restorative justice is, is beyond justice in a sense, but it's also very much focused on peace. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. It is. It's, it's focused on, on building communities that are, that are healthy, that communities that, that really put forward a well-being. Um, and yes, create peace. And <laughs> And, and kind of interrupt the, the ways that um, once somebody does something to somebody and then there's revenge. And so to interrupt a cycle that could um, 
escalate and escalate. And so instead, it, it kind of de-escalates the, the situation and does more than that because it opens people up, it creates empathy, it creates social emotional literacy for, for young people to be able to, for all of us really, to be able to express our feelings in a way that we're not used to doing. Janet, as the keynote speaker today at this conference, that you've been interacting with many people from the Harvard community and from the general Cambridge, Boston community about this topic, what are people asking you in terms of questions? What are, what are ideas? How is this philosophy sort of evolving? Well, people want to know how to do it, um, you know, and how do they start it. And I think, like, in a school, I, I feel like a whole school approach is best, but that, that doesn't often happen. So I also fall back on, on, some, on a quote that I heard from a woman I don't know. Her name is Dee Bell, and I, she works in restorative justice. And she says, go where it's open, use what you got, do what you can. So I feel like we, it's an invitation. We keep putting the invitation out for people to practice in this way. And then we go where we see an invitation for us to do that practice. Janet Connors, thank you so much for appearing on the EdCast today. Great words of wisdom and uh, uh, great philosophy of life. Thank you very much. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening. The Harvard Graduate School of Education, working at the nexus of practice, policy, and research.